Welcome to Life Transformation Radio. This show is all about life transformations and our journey from where we were to why we are doing what we are doing today. We will discuss the hiccups, the roller coasters, and the blood, sweat, and tears that has been poured out while discovering our purpose. It is all about our transformation. Here is your host, Sean Douglas. Good afternoon and good evening and welcome to another episode of Life Transformation Radio. I'm your host, Master Resilience Implementer, TEDx Speaker, Business Positioning Strategist and Author, Sean Douglas. This show is currently heard in over 74 countries. So whether it's your first time joining us or you've been listening to us for some time, I want to thank you to those who are listening from around the world. Life Transformation Radio is all about our transformation. Here is we tell the stories of why we're doing what we're doing. We highlight that transformational moment that changed our lives and how we use it to then transform others and elevate their lives as well. You can listen to us live right here on the Blog Talk Radio Network, Tuesday through Friday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time. You can join our Facebook group, Life Transformation Radio Community, and interact with other listeners and ask questions to our guests. I ask that you subscribe wherever it is that you are listening to this show. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spreaker, Spotify, TuneIn, Player FM, Radio Public, Overcast, CastBox, the Himalaya app, and the Google Play Music app. So wherever it is that you listen to shows, please subscribe to Life Transformation Radio. And if you think we're worthy, leave us a rating and review. One of the reviews that we, we got was from ECW Hughes who says, if you want to spark your own transformation, this is the show for you. I love the transformation stories from Sean's diverse guests. It is inspirational to hear from men and women who have weathered change and have come out stronger and wiser. If you are new to the podcast, I recommend listening to the episode with Johnny Campbell. Talk about shifting perspectives. Sean is a skilled interviewer who draws nuggets of wisdom from his guests. Well, Mr. Hughes, thank you so much for sending that in and reviewing and rating our show, Life Transformation Radio. Our show has the guests of entrepreneurs, speakers, business owners, coaches, podcasters, authors, amazing people who are impacting the world around them. And my guest today is the epitome of a speaker, a podcaster, an entrepreneur, a heck of a man. And his name is Berdeep Saga. So welcome to the show, my guest for today, Mr. Burdeep Sangha. Welcome to Life Transformation Radio. Hey, thanks, man. I totally appreciate it. With all that, I got I got a lot to live up to here. <laughs> man, I am honored with with everything in my body. I'm honored. I watch you on social media. I have started following you this year, and I stopped following a couple people because I just I saw what you were doing. I'm like, okay, let me try this stuff out. Holy crap, that was killer. That worked. Okay, that's my dude. And so I've stopped following a couple of people. I only follow you and, the, and those other bits, you know, like the Gary Bees and some things. But, man, the content that you put out is bar none some of the best that I've seen from, from you know, marketers and, you know, podcasters and other people who are in the business. Like, you are the real deal, my friend. Wow, thanks, man. I totally appreciate that feedback. That's what drives me, man. That's that's what I'd love to hear. So thank you for making my day. Yeah, uh, you're absolutely welcome, man. I am definitely, uh, definitely a fan. So for the guests listening, if you are live, you can ask this guest, this amazing person, a question. You can call us up at 657-383-1109. Again, the number is 657-383-1109. Zero nine. And the episode today is called The Mentor for Men in Business with Entrepreneur and Podcast Host, Ardeep Saga. He is widely known as the mentor for men in business and teaches men how to win in business and life. His personal mission is to help men live more fulfilling lives, have passionate relationships, and raise happy families. As an entrepreneur, husband, and father, Herdy knows exactly how tough it can be to balance a successful business with a happy family. After studying and working with some of the most successful men for two decades, he's 
developed a proprietary system showing men how to unlock their full potential to become limitless. Prior to creating his own firm, Pradeep was a successful executive at a multi-billion dollar organization. He spent two decades studying the top business around the world. He is an expert in marketing, sales, operations, high-performance teams, and taking an average business to the top of its industry. In the show notes are all of his social media links. You can go to mail, M-A-L-E, mailpodcast.com, and his website is Perdeep Sangha, P-U-R-D-E-E-P-S-A-N-G-H-A, perdeepsangha.com. Click on his website, click on his links, and message him. Tell him that you heard him here on Life Transformation Radio and connect with this dude because he is the real deal. So with all that said, man, my first question I have to ask, and I'm dying to know why. What is your deep why for what you do? Yeah, man, that's such a loaded question. But, you know, simply I would say uh, I see a lot of people, although the world is evolving, here's what I can say in, in a simple term is I see a lot of people hurting. And I see a lot of people hurting for reasons that they shouldn't be hurting for. So, and specifically with guys that I work with, you know, there's so much pain that's happening with men. And a lot of men don't want to talk about it. They don't like to share it. But I can tell you that the people that that I talk to, the men that I talk to, at least 80% of them are not fulfilled in their life in some way, shape, or form. So for Mm -hmm. me, that is my why. Because I know when a man is strong in himself, when he's fulfilled in himself, he can be a better father. He can be a better husband. And therefore, we raise happier children, which make this world a better place. If families are not happy in the first place, then we have chaos in society and we have chaos around the world. So that's my mission, man. My mission, honestly, is really to help men as much as I can to get them to that level where they need to be so they can be fulfilled and be better fathers and raise happier children. I love it. My mentor, John Vroman, he constantly preaches. He has an amazing podcast called Front Row Dads. He's got a retreat that he holds for men called Front Row Dads. And it's dads who are family men with a business. Not, I am a business owner that has a family. He says, I'm a family man with a business. And so he yeah. constantly preaches what, exactly what you're saying, man. And, and it's super important. I love it. So the whole show, the whole focus of this moment is to capture that transformation. And, you know, speaking of men and family, I mean, there's a huge transformation, at least for me. I was the typical military party guy drinking and then had kids. And there's some things that you can't do as a married guy <laughs> and some things you can't do as a father. So, so there's a big transformation that has to take place. You can kind of have to grow up. So yep. tell me in your life, and you could pick you know, one or two, what is a transformational moment in your life that has put you on the path to what you're doing today? Yeah, wow, such a great question. So I'll tackle, I think, the one that is most relevant to what I'm doing today um, in, in some way, shape, or form. So I, I was with uh, my child, or you could say high school sweetheart, for a number of years, mm-hmm. nine years, and we broke up. I thought I was going to be with her for the rest of my life. And we didn't end things on a positive note, and I was literally shattered. Because my whole world in terms of happiness and everything that I had, not, it, it, just, it didn't revolve around her, but she was such a big part of my life. And that relationship that we had, that love that we had, was just so phenomenal that when we broke up, I was totally shattered. Mm-hmm. And, so, and I was in my early 20s. And what happened was I, I literally was go, I went on this mission. So that's, that's who I am. When I want to know something... I just do a deep dive and I just put my head down and I, I study the crap out of it until I learn it inside and out. So I wanted to know what went wrong in our relationship. I wanted to know why I was going through so much pain. I wanted to know what I did wrong. I wanted to know what she did wrong. And how do you make a successful relationship between a, you know, a man and a woman? Or you could say you know, these days it's a man and a man or a woman or a woman. But what makes a relationship work and makes it happy? And so I reached out at that time to some of the top psychologists in the U.S. 
And it was interesting to see their feedback. And at that time, society was shifting quite a bit, Sean. And they, mm-hmm. at that time, it, it was called a, a, what they called the runaway w- wife syndrome, uh, <laughs> where a lot of these, sh- yeah, it was really interesting. And they said that, you know, society is changing quite a bit. Relationships are changing. And a lot of it's being pushed uh, and, and driven by women. You're going to see that this is going to happen in the future. And they actually predicted what was going to happen over the next two decades. And I didn't realize it until it started to happen. And I was just hmm. like, wow, this is really happening. And so that was a big moment for me because a lot of guys would come to me in pain. A lot of my mm-hmm. friends would come to me in pain and just in, in conversation. And we would just strike up, conver- uh, have a chat. And I think, I, I don't know what it is, but a lot of guys feel comfortable in having those intimate conversations with me. Um, and I would help them break down whether it was a relationship or how they felt or who they were in terms of how they just needed to improve their lives. And so I just kind of learned early on that, you know, in life, I, you know, the, if, if you were to say, you know, what was that turning point for me was really that relationship? Because I think in life for us, even though some of us may be single or, or we've lost our significant other, just that joy and having that partner in life, even when things aren't going away from our business perspective, we're not making the money, just knowing that we have that love with another person is so amazing. And that for me, having lost it was such a big moment for me. And so I want, I want everybody to feel that in life. I want everybody to have mm-hmm. that passionate relationship. So for me, that was a big changing and shift point in my relationship. Um, and I can tell you that it wasn't perfect because then I got married to my, my wife and I was in the okay. corporate world. I was in the corporate world, man. And I, even with all the knowledge that I had, um, our relationship was failing. And it was failing miserably. We were on the verge of divorce. And that's really when I said, I'm going to change this. I really, this is not something I want to go through again. And I don't want to have that heartbreak. So I made a number of changes. One of them was I, I left the corporate world. I literally walked in. And that's exactly how it was. I walked in and said, I think I'm done. And, uh, and they said, are you like, what's wrong? What happened to you? Are you okay? And I said, you know, I just needed to change in my life. And that's when I kind of went on my own. And my wife and I shifted our relationship as well. And we said that we're going to, you know, we're going to make this work. We're going to be passionate about it. But uh, Sean, you know, here's another thing. And this is another reason why I do what I do is because society has changed so much where and men right now are feeling so confused in terms of what it means to be a man. And that's the bigger mm. reason why that's the bigger reason why I do what I do right now. Because even, and I, I say this, because even with all the, the, the stuff that I know, the academics that I've learned and all the relationship stuff, even I sometimes question it. When I read something or I see people's behavior, I'm like, am I kind of off the track here? And I have to reset myself and say no. And so I talk to a lot of guys today that don't know how to be a guy anymore. They don't know if they're supposed to be more masculine, less masculine. Are they being too controlling? Are they not being, you know, are, are they not stepping up enough? This is a dilemma. And, and, and I, I talk to a lot of women these days. I know I'm kind of veering off a little bit, but this kind of all plays into the story is every time I hear a woman or a man in pain or suffering because of that imbalance, it drives me further. It just keeps pushing me towards the work that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, so those, those are, a really, wow. if it was anything, you know, these life-changing moments had to do with relationships, ultimately. Because I'm a firm believer yeah. that, you know, oh. and as entrepreneurs, you know, you know, we could have a great business year, but if our relationship is in the gutter, man, it hurts. And it doesn't feel like it's worth, like the business doesn't feel like it's worth anything if our family's mm-hmm. not in the position that we want them to, uh, it to be. Mm-hmm. I 100% agree. Absolutely 100% agree. When I got married the first time in 2007, um, my grandmothers didn't work. My aunts on my dad's side really didn't. I mean, not really. They didn't really work. Uh, I think my one aunt worked like kind of part-time or whatever at the hospital. But for the most part, I mean, they were always home, like all the women. On my mom's side, uh, my aunt, worked and my mom and like they were hard workers so i kind of have it like well my grandmothers don't have driver's licenses my grandmothers 
always make dinner and always cooking. And then I've got some working women too. So it was a balance. I'm like, how do I, so when I pick a, a wife for a person, you know, like, what do I do? You know? So when I got married, I found my wife who was awesome at cooking and awesome at, you know, like I'd come home, you know, I'm like, call her up like, Hey, what are you doing? I'm like, Oh, nothing. Uh, you know, just cleaning, you know, whatever. It was like, it was like calling one of my aunts. Like, what do you do? I'm like, oh, nothing, just cooking dinner, cleaning. You know, it almost was like the exact same time I said. I'm like, this is it. This is the fit. This is the woman. I mean, she's pretty much been who I've been around my whole life. This will be great. And so I was raised that like the man is the one that's supposed to take care of the house. The man is supposed to be the spiritual leader. The man is supposed to do these certain things. Mm-hmm. My wife was raised completely different. Yeah. Like, you are an independent woman. You don't need no man. <laughs> like, it's, it was a struggle. I'm like, I'll take care of you. And I said, I don't need you to take care of me. I could do it on my own. Thank you. You know, I was like, no, 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 you, you don't work. And, you know, and then she got pregnant and then she didn't work. And it was just like, it was a balance. And then we ended up, it wasn't working. And uh, we ended up filing for divorce and splitting up and ended it. And it was like, because I tried to fit her into the mold of what I thought a woman should be. And she tried mm-hmm. to fit me into what she was looking for for a man, and it just didn't work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. And that's so typical, and that happens, man. And we, my wife and I were almost, it's almost identical to our, our story, is that my wife was raised to be independent. You don't need a man. Um, you, you know, you be a career woman, super educated. And, you know, my, my upbringing was a little bit different. My mom was, yes, she was traditional, but she still worked. But we still had that kind of, a, you can say, somewhat traditional viewpoint from a family perspective. But here's the interesting thing. We, as a society, what's happening now is men are being pushed towards a certain norm and women are being pushed towards a certain norm that is not natural. And when I say natural, it's not natural to their instinct. It's not natural to their being where men are being told, for example, well, don't be as masculine. But that's our natural biochemistry right? That's how our brain is designed. That's how neuroscience works. We work a certain way. I'm not talking about gender roles, mm-hmm. whether that's washing dishes or cooking or, or right. stuff like that, but how we basically behave, how we feel. And it's so interesting to see. And women are being pushed in a certain way. You know, I've talked to a lot of women that say, a career women that feel like they can't even quit because if they quit, they feel like they're going to be, they're going to be berated by basically their, their circle of female friends because you know, she wants to be a stay at home, but all of her friends are executives and they kind of look down upon that. Mm. Yeah. So it's, really inter- it's a really interesting time to see what happens. Here's what I know, because I do a lot of research when it comes to how uh, families are shifting. It's, it's actually mm. quite, I call it the perfect storm. And I say that because we're in a really tough situation right now, because we have a lot of changes in, in, um, or in leadership. We have a lot of, I'm, I'm going to be very straightforward, poor leadership from both male and female perspectives. We have family dynamics that are changing significantly in terms of families aren't spending that much time with each other. Family dinners are actually, they're almost extinct now for families Mm -hmm. to have dinners together. And then we have technology on top of that where people are glued to their smartphone and we have not, you know, this, this whole, it's, it's been probably I think a decade now that the iPhone has really come out. We don't know the full impact in terms of what's happening to society as a result of this kind of cha- these changes. But I yep. do know in talking to people that people don't seem to be that much happier based on the changes that are happening. And so, you know, that's, that's a big thing out there in terms of ultimately what all, what we all want is to be happy regardless mm-hmm. of the money or, you know, gender roles or whatever that is, it's to be happy. And so, you know, I'm a firm believer that whatever makes you happy works, right? Yep. But if it's oh, not, if it, and if you're not happy, then let's take a look at why it's not working. Yep. I agree. My mom and I go back and forth on this. Exactly what you're talking about. You know, we, we always do a Sunday dinner. That's the one thing I was like, nope, we got to do a Sunday dinner, you know? Yeah. And, <laughs> and I would say, I would say, because man, Tuesday and Thursday is gymnastics and and it's it's at weird times it's like right around dinner time like they couldn't pick a different time like come on but it's it's right around the dinner time so we either eat beforehand or like way after uh gymnastics is kind of late uh wednesdays is man man wednesdays is my 
full day. I have nothing but coaching clients all day long. And then I've got podcast, mastermind, two mastermind meetings, <laughs> uh, my Facebook Live I do every Wednesday. Uh, it's like a full day of stuff. And then yeah. it's like, when do I fit in dinner? So I've actually had to schedule dinner. Like, like babe, I need you to make dinner and have it done by 6.30 because I get done with my show at 6.30 and then at 7 is my mastermind. Or Yeah, I get done with my mastermind. So that's 30 minutes. 30 minutes to eat, you know? So it's like yeah, I have to yeah. schedule these things because it's such a busy life. And then, like I said, Tuesday and Thursday is like, this sucks. It's like so much stuff going on. And, uh, and my mom and I go back and forth on this. I'm like, look, I'm trying to raise my kids the way that I feel is right. As yep. not what society wants me to do, but what I think a person should be, loving, caring, you know, of course, you know, we're Christian family, so we pray at each meal, and, you know, I try to live that lifestyle as, you know, Bible-based and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But the one thing we disagree on the most, I encourage my kids to have more screen time. I want them to be on that stuff as much as they can, because that's where the world is going. That's how Mm -hmm. kids communicate. That's where the attention is. That's where people's lives are. And so if I stop my kid from being on, um, from being on, you know, like let's say my five-year-old, literally my five-year-old makes TikTok videos. She, <laughs> she makes TikTok. A week ago, I'm getting ready, get my shoes on, get ready to go, and I, I had walked away from something. I'm like, oh, I need that. It was like a paper or like a uh, paperwork, whatever I needed. And I was like, oh, dang it. And I walked away, and this is what I hear. Comment below if you think my dad is crazy. Comment below. <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell? What the? And she just smiles at me, and she's making these videos. I was like, what are you doing? And she's like, I'm talking to my friend, dad. I'm like, okay. So I tell the wife, like, hey, I got to run out real quick. I'm out the door. And I'm thinking about it. I'm like, if I stopped my daughter from doing that, she would only know the demographic and psychographic of her neighborhood kids and the kids she goes to school with. She would never meet a kid from India, from Japan, from Nigeria, from the UK. She would never meet these people. She would only know the white kids that she goes to school with near a military base inside her school. That's it. That's all she'd know. Mm -hmm. She wouldn't know any other culture. And so what I've done is I've used that, that screen time as a tool and I said, listen, if you're going to be on these things, I want you to learn something at the same time. So when you're watching these videos, and some of the videos are really stupid. I'm like, stop watching those. Those are stupid shows. I know, but they're funny. I'm like, they're stupid shows, but that's what makes them funny. <laughs> and so I have a 12-year-old daughter, 5-year-old daughter, and they're on you know, social medias like Instagram and Snap and TikTok you know, and all this other stuff. And I said, I want you to get to know people. I want you to actually interact with people. So that when you come across these people outside of you know, Walmart or schools or wherever, I want you to be personable. I want you to be approachable. I want you to be knowledgeable in the culture and emotional intelligence. So I really try to teach my kids empathy and emotional intelligence. My mom thinks I'm ridiculous, and then I need to knock it off. <laughs> oh, no, I think you nailed it, man. I think that balance is so important. I'm so glad you talked about that. Because at first when you started talking, I'm like, oh, man. But then when you started talking about <laughs> emotional intelligence. <laughs> emotional intelligence, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's a great, I think that's absolutely important. I think your perspective, I think that's awesome because kids need to be, need to broaden their scope for sure. Here's, you know, my kids are still young. There's a little bit of an age gap, but I won't give them any screen time outside of TV because I teach them the emotional intelligence. I want them to learn how to manage their feelings first, how to yeah. manage their thoughts first before they can, because I think what happens and I, I can say that your parenting style is completely different than most people out there. They'll just leave their kids in front of whatever screen it is and not monitor and not teach them the stuff that you're teaching them. That's where it gets a little bit dangerous because there are studies now that show oh, yeah. the, the impact that it has on kids' ability to not only read, write, but communicate, which is the most important thing, skill that we need to have as people. But you take yeah. it even deeper, manage their own emotions. They have no clue how to do that because all they, they can just easily pick up a, a smartphone and look at how many likes they got, and it makes them feel better. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, we're the same, but, but a little different or a little opposite. Yeah. 
you encourage your kids to have TV time. I encourage my kids to have device, you know, tablet, phones. I don't want them watching TV. Yeah. I don't, I don't encourage video games either. Now, here, now my 16-year-old, you know, the Fortnite and all that, like, cool, got it. But he watches a lot of people on YouTube play the video games through Twitch and everything else. And he's like, man, I want to do that. Like, the <laughs> only reason that you would you'd play video games is to make money. Period. The yeah. end. You need to figure out a way to win awards and become that gamer. Like, there's some famous people out there that are famous gamers. You know, I was like, you need to be beta testing video games. You need to call up Blizzard and EA Sports and entertainment companies with, with these video games. I said, like, you need to get in there. You know, you're 16. I was like, you, you can tap into TikTok right now and see if there's a way that you can create a video through TikTok and get on TikTok and put the, you know, music behind it and like do a full production. I was like, you need to get on this. And he's like, no, I just want to play. I'm like, okay, you're not going to waste my time. <laughs> like you're not, you're not going to use video game as an escape from reality, which is what a lot of people do. I'm bored with my life. Let me just play video games just to waste time. Hell no, that's not happening. Yeah, if you're going to play video games, you will make money and you will be famous. And that's what I told him. I said, that's the only reason to play video games. So he went over here like a couple weeks ago and he put together a team and they had team sports, you know, like, uh, you know, like team deathmatch and like all this stuff, you know, like shoot 'em up games, whatever. And him and his team won first place. I was like, see, now you go ahead and put that on snap to your friends and Hey guys, look at me and you know, whatever, put that stuff out there for the world to see. Like, look, I'm up and coming. Like I'm coming, I'm coming for your title. I said, you need to be that guy. If not, then what the hell are you doing it for? You're not going to waste time. You're going to go get a job. You're going to do your school. And then that's going to be your life. And you can go play outside and fall out of trees like I did back in the 80s. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know? And I so love there's it. always a purpose that I have. I have a purpose for, you know, and my kids don't watch cartoons. I can't remember the last time my five-year-old actually watched, like, um, what's that one? PJ Masks. And, like, my kids are not allowed to watch SpongeBob SquarePants. If you really dig into SpongeBob, not a great message. But no, my kids yeah, don't watch exactly. cartoons. They don't yep. watch TV. They don't watch cartoons. They, they just, they don't. They're, they're so used to now being on their phones, being on screens. Like, what are you guys doing? And I'm, che- oh, I check. Oh, I check. I'm like, what are you guys doing? What are you guys doing? My five year old is downloading color by number apps. I'm like, oh, I love you. <laughs> I love you. And she's like, learning her numbers and learning and she's got learning games and like her love of learning is through the roof. And I said, the only reason you're on these screens is to, is to meet people in the world, in India, in Japan, in, I don't know, Russia, like whoever, like wherever, like I want you to meet people from around the world and have conversations with them and learn their culture. And that's what they do. No, that's awesome, man. That's really cool. And it makes me feel good that, that my kids, we have these conversations you know, guess what I learned today? I'm like, oh, God, please, what'd you learn? You know, please let it be something useful, you know? <laughs> so um, so there's that. But I want to know, man, how are you elevating the world around you with your, your teachings to businessmen and families and the marketing and the sales and all of the, the amazing awesomeness that you put? Because I watch your videos, and I'm like, hold on, hold on. I got to take notes. Hold on here. <laughs> this is like good <laughs> stuff, you know? Um, how do you elevate the world around you? Oh, wow, man. I just try to be, uh, the best version of myself. I think that's ultimately it. And I try to share as much as I can in terms of the things that I've struggled with in life and the things that are working well for me. And and that's ultimately what it is because, you know, as I said before, if, if, if I can help even one guy have a better family relationship and raise healthier children that has a ripple effect through society that has a ripple effect in their immediate community. It has a ripple effect through the next generations. Um, so that for me is it, man, I try to live. And this is, I guess I learned this from my grandfather is really live at the highest performance. He was a military man. And so that, that's a that's the biggest thing is really living at the highest performance and giving back. Cause ultimately I think that's what it is. We can have as much money in the world, but if we're not, if we don't have value, if we don't add value to this world, it's really, it's next to nothing. So, you know, my mission, my personal mission is, you know, it's a simple sentence. It's make this world a better place. And ultimately I try to do that. I try to treat people with fairness, equality, share my knowledge, 
Um, but also at times, man, Sean, it's, it's tough because people are, you know, there's, there's mixed messages out there. A lot of mixed messages oh, yeah. in terms of how men should behave or how women should behave, how relationships should be, you know, even the conversation we were having about technology. And so it's really interesting because there's times when it's like, okay, Pradeep, do I share my message and, or do I just stay quiet or do I just push this message even more? You know, I'll give you a prime example. I read a book uh, the other day that, you know, it was the first time I've really been pissed off for a long time. It takes me a lot to get pissed. And I read this book. book? And it was, yeah, and it was really interesting because it was portraying men in a certain way. Um, yeah, exactly. Because I never do. And it was, it was funny because I forced myself to read this book. Or, uh, and it was actually an audio book or listen to this book. Uh, because I was just some of the facts I was listening to. I'm like, because I know, I know, I know the stuff and I'm just like, wow, it's such a cherry picking way of, 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 of approaching this book. And I was just like, Oh my God, it was portraying men in a certain way. I'm like, no, when wonder men are so messed up. So, you know, going back to that question that you asked me is really standing true to what I believe in, because that's who okay. we are as men. It's, some, it's something that my, my grandfather told me, he said, you know, the, the one thing that makes you a man is your values. Because mm. everything else can be taken away from you. Your education, people can strip you of that. They can strip you of your money. They can strip you of your home, your family members. It could, because he saw it himself, they can take the shirt off your back, but they can't take the values that you live by. That's what makes you a man. So oh, that's I what, love that. Yeah, and that's what yeah, I live, I live by day in and day out, man. They can take the shirt off your back, but they can't take away your value. Mm-hmm. Dude, that's amazing. So so. I'm a, I'm a resilience trainer, and one of the stories that I tell, one of the stories that I tell inside of resilience training is talking about acceptance. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and one of the stories I tell is about a professor who brought out a $100 bill, and he said, okay. who wants this $100 bill? And everybody's like, oh, my God, I want it, I want it, I want it. He's like, okay. So he crumpled it up. And then opened it up again and says, who wants it? Everybody was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, I want it, I want it. He threw it on the floor, stopped on it, picked it back up, and he's like, who wants this? Everybody's like, I still want it. Like, how do you still want this? I, I crumpled it up. I stopped on it. I ruined it. How, like, why would you still want this? And then he was like, I'm going to rip it apart. And everyone's like, no, don't. And, then, and he's like, do you know why you still want this? Because the value hasn't changed. It is still worth hundred dollars dirty you know stopped on spit on crumpled still is worth a hundred dollars but if you rip it it becomes useless and you let people rip you apart which makes you useless so never forget the value that you intrinsically own and then yeah, another that's... another person who has said something like that was, um, oh my gosh, what was his name? Um, Ravi Zacharias. Ravi Zacharias talks about your intrinsic value. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's if you know really who a good that point. Is, follow him. Follow him. Yeah, that's so awesome. Talk about that. How should we like? I, I want to dig into that, man. That that's a profound statement. You know, you can take the shirt off your back, but you can't take the value away. So talk about that. What, what is the, like, what is the value that we, like, how do I know what value I give? Or or I'm trying to really, really dig into that, that statement, you know, how should men live or, or what is the value that men hold? You know, talk to us. Yeah. You know, it's really interesting. I think the most important thing to remember there is, is that it has to feel authentic. It has to feel true to you because you have a, a natural gauge inside you when you know things aren't feeling right. And so every man is going to have a different value. Every man is going to live by different values. So what feels right to you is important. And a lot of times we live a life as guys that we think other people want us to live. And that's what I'm saying the biggest. Is. So it's really being authentic. You know, I say this is an actually because I practice a lot of mindfulness. This is, you know, one of the core parts of my teachings is if you shut your eyes and you put everything outside you take your your work your business your career your influences or your uh from your family members your parents you take all that you put that aside and you look inside and you close your eyes for however long it takes and you ask yourself am i happy with who i am 
and wait for the answer and be true to yourself because you're stripping everything away and you're just asking yourself, are you happy with the person you are regardless of the circumstances, regardless of the situation? Now, if you are happy, great, right? That is the most important thing because us as men, we need to be happy with who we are as men first, not the external circumstances around us. The challenge is a lot of us men are not happy with who we are. And so we take a look at that. And so, and, and, and the reason why I say to use that exercise is because a lot of us place our value on the stuff that we have or the positions that we have or, you know, the money that we have in the bank account or the types of relationships we have. But when we take a look at it, we need to value ourselves as human beings. We need to value ourselves as men. And, and you ask that question, well, what does it mean? Well, how do you live? What value do, do you give to other people? One of the biggest things to do is sometimes you should ask other people around you to say, not to double check, you know, not to question yourself, but just to ask, what value can I provide to you in life? What more can I do for you? Is there something else that can just change? Because there's simple things. My wife and I tried this exercise and actually worked very well for us where we just sit down um, and, and during the evening, we just ask each other, you know, what can I, what is the one thing that you want from me today? And, oh, wow. you know, we'll, yeah, we'll ask each other that. And it's not a list of 10 things. It's not 20 things. It's just that one thing. Because just adding that little piece of value can make someone else's day. So as men, you know, if I talk about the, the purpose of men in particular, and, and this is my firm belief, and again, this is my personal opinion, it's really, and, and, and we could talk about it from a spiritual perspective as well, because there's, you know, we, there's, this has been talked about for thousands of years, the yin and the yang, basically, two types, there's all oh, these yeah. polar, polar opposite energies, right? And we can represent that as a masculine or feminine or the male or female, basically, in, in society. But us as men, we are stable, we are peaceful, we are solid, we are directive, we are confident from that standpoint. That's what a man brings to a family, right? Really being, brings that solid presence. If anything, if I can say anything, this, I'm so passionate about this because I've experienced it from two men in my life, my grandfather and my father. When my dad used to walk into a room, and I'm sure you could experience this because coming from a military right uh, background, like my dad was in, in the police force for seven years. My grandfather was in the British Indian Army for 30 plus years. When they walked into a room, you could sense the presence. You could mm-hmm. sense other people sensing their presence. Mm-hmm. And so that, that just that male presence does so much for a family. And if we talk about the energy, it is a calming energy. It is a peaceful energy, especially for children to know that their dad is solid, is confident, is consistent, is there to provide for the family. That gives so much comfort and allows children to be raised in a very, you can say, comforting environment that allows them to be themselves and not fear or have that fear that a lot of children these days have. You know, I very openly say they don't make men like they used to. They really don't. It, <laughs> you know, oh, my tough. gosh. Oh, man. So I saw something, I don't remember, a couple months ago. Maybe it was, maybe it was Memorial Day or whatever. And, um, and, and I kind of had to, like, I chuckled a little bit, but then I kind of was like, man, that's, I don't think it's entirely true, but ugh. So it was a picture, it was like in 1941, you know, um, or 1939 or whatever it was, uh, I think 1940, 18-year-olds stormed the beaches of Normandy. In 2019, men need safe spaces. And it was talking about the colleges and like all of the, you know, the, the kids, go, I was like, oh, oh, God. And all <laughs> these people were like, you have to be sensitive to their feelings. And I'm just like... I'm watching this. I'm like, oh god, <laughs> like, because I, I, you know, uh, I've seen a literal. I've seen it, man. When I came in in 2001, it was no. I mean, think about the time though. I came in in November of 2001, two months after 9/11. We got attacked, and people were really like patriotic and nervous, and like, oh man, we gotta get them. We gotta get them, you know. And they were like. Yep. The, the men was like, let's, let's go to war. And, you know, but then I saw a steady decline of that. 
You know, yeah. I saw in 2010, I became a drill instructor for basic training. I went back, you know, and I said, man, would you join? You ready to fight? And they're like, nah, I kind of just wanted some free college. <laughs> really? Really? Free college? Like, really? Are you going to do, are you going to do 20 years? Like, oh, no, no, no. I'm not, I'm not a career military guy. No, no, no. I'm just, I'm just here for the college. Like, oh, what the hell? And then a couple others like, well, you know, I really joined because they have great health care. And if I'm going to get a job somewhere, I'm like, what is it? It's not a job. It's a lifestyle. When you're in the military, it is a life. You're in the military 24-7. Your family, your wife, your kids, they are married to the military. When we deploy, Mm -hmm. when we go out on, you know, wherever we go in the world, a piece of them go with me. You know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They're left behind. And and to hear the people today talk about it like, oh, yeah, I'm just here for a couple of years. Give me some college and roll. Like, what? Yeah. yeah wow. like, that's not that's not how that's not how I was raised. You know, I was I was raised like you got to be tough. Don't cry. It's good for you. Put hair on your chest. <laughs> My uncle said that yeah. all the time. There wasn't this this sissy la la, you know, safe space snowflake, whatever the words that get thrown out today, I'm just like, dude, what are we doing? Like, what are we, yeah, like, what are we teaching? My 16-year-old, I told him, he got bullied at school. I was like, punch him in the throat. Some kid bullies <laughs> you, punch him in the throat. Said, but I'll get in trouble. I'm like, that kid will never bully you again. Yeah, exactly. Or you can just go tell a teacher, or you can go tell a teacher, and then you'll, you'll be labeled as a snitch or whatever. I was like, you have a decision. I was like, all I want you to do when you make decisions is make the one that's going to get you in the least amount of trouble. That's what I want. So mm-hmm. I said, here's your options. And I laid all the options. If it were me and I was faced with this, what would I do? I said, you could punch him in the throat. You can find him after school in a neighborhood somewhere. Or you could tell a teacher. You could tell a principal. You, you can, like, stop the situation. Like, this kid needs to stop. Or you tell me to call his parents, and then I talk to the kid's parents and, you know, whatever. And uh, I said, These are, what do you want to do? And, of course, it never came down to fighting. They were like, I'll just tell the teacher. I'm like, I think that's a really good idea. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, and so here's your option. You yeah, know? I like that. When we were in school, I mean, I grew up in the, it, you know, I was born in 83. In the 90s, you just beat somebody up. That's what you did. Plus, yeah. I lived in Detroit. You just, you beat the crap out of them <laughs> because they were talking crap. Now, you can't do that because, I mean, but even back then it was wrong. Like, I'm not saying that's right. I would never advocate for violence. But yeah. it's just, it, it's looked at as you don't promote violence, period, dot, the end. You know, even well, UFC has become not as popular. Boxing, not as popular as it was back in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. You, you know, it's interesting that you mentioned that because I think there's a, there's a direct correlation there, too. And so, first of all, you know what? There's a, big, there's a big thing, and I totally agree, and you talked about it before, about emotional intelligence. Men need to understand yep. their emotions better, by far, yeah. without a shadow of a doubt. Because, this yeah. is a work, again, part of the work that I do, your emotions fuel you, and they, they may allow you to make better decisions and take more effective action. If you can master your emotions, you are that much more powerful in life. So, but we don't teach men how to do that throughout school. Right. And so that part needs to be taught to men, but we don't need men to be more emotional because what we have is when you have that lack of emotional intelligence and then you tell boys or whatever to not be violent, not be aggressive, not to scrap it out. And that's how I grew up too. You know, I grew up in a, in a town where I was literally, there was a handful of Brown guys and we would get the crap beat out of us for being Brown, but that toughened us up. That's, that's what made yeah. me who I am today. And, but people used to fight with their fists. These days, yep. man, there's yep. people yep. shooting each other because they can't man up. They can't have, yep. you know what, if you're going to do it, scrap it out. Okay, you know what, after you're done the fight, whoever wins, wins. You guys go on yep. your own business. Yep, it's over. It's over. It's done. Right? The, yeah, it's the done. The beef is squashed. It's done. Yep. Yeah. And, yep. But oh, that, my God. So not like that anymore. Yeah, the guns, no. the stabbings, the gang. Oh God, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I it would, is a direct I result. I my son to get in that. Yeah, and it's a direct result because we have taught men not to be men anymore. There's nothing we don't talk about things like you know maybe in in the military again, but outside of the military we don't talk about being noble. We don't talk about pride. We don't talk about mm-hmm. all of those things as men, and that is so important. 
because I see this day in and day out. I have more women coming to me now, Sean. I'm at the 50% mark. It's really interesting because I keep the stats <laughs> in, terms of, in terms of referrals, wow. where half the referrals come from women that say, I need, and I, because I work specifically with men in business, that's executives, business owners, entrepreneurs, you know, managers. Um, but mm-hmm. I have women that have husbands or partners that are not even in business. And they say, can they please come to your workshop? Can my man please come to your workshop? He needs to step it up. I don't want to be that, that masculine force in my relationship anymore. So it's really interesting to see what's happening. Wow. Um, so my son, there was a girl down the street, and it was her birthday and a couple of years apart. And I kind of like her, huh? Like, you know, he's 16, so we're, me and my wife are razzing him just like our parents razzed him, like, ooh, you know. And I was like, you got to get her something. You got to get her flowers. You got to He's like, no, that's girly. And I was like, sit down. Let me tell you something. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, hell no. I was like, let me tell you something there, boy. I was like, you get a girl flowers and you get a girl a card and you get a girl a bear and you do these things. You open up doors. You become a man. That's what men do. Men open yeah. up doors. Men protect their women. Men take care of the things that, that, they need to, that they need to take care of, but they also let the women be as independent as they want. Don't you ever make a girl dependent on you because that is emotional abuse. So yes. Don't ever do that. And I had to explain to them. I said, I said, you know, the way that I was growing up, my stepdad from third grade to seventh grade beat the crap out of me, my mom, and my older sister. He controlled the money. He, he yeah. controlled her time. He controlled how she felt. Like every, like everything, you can't talk to this person. You can't talk to that. And anybody strong, like my aunt, my aunt, man, she don't take no crap. Like even now, <laughs> she's the first one to, she will jump on you. She's like, no, that's not right. I mean, even with the NFL, with the kneeling and all that stuff, she was like, oh, no, let me tell you. I mean, she was in it, right? And she's always been very like vocal and very strong willed. And my and he my ex stepdad would be like you can't talk to her no more she's bad and my wife and my mom's like that's my sister they're like that that's, like and she's no no you can't talk because she's stronger than my mom mm. you know and so and so I, I explained to him I was like this is what and this is the things that you want to look for this is the things that you want to look out for don't be this way don't be this way don't be this way you know yep. loving empathetic. Lead with empathy, lead with emotional intelligence, and, and, and your brand should be that I am the, the man, not, not the lumberjack manly man, like, you know, portrayed before, not the gangster, you know, that stuff. It's, I am the spiritual leader of my home. Mm-hmm. I fulfill the needs of the woman as, as, as much as she wants them met or whatever from, from a woman and man standpoint. Um, which that wasn't a fun talk, <laughs> you know, like that sucked, <laughs> you know, I got a porno thrown at me and goes here, read this. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> that was my, that was my, you know, women have needs and men have needs and you need to fill those needs, but in a responsible way. Yeah. I got a porno thrown at my face and go here, read this. Um, yep, that's, that's a funny you know, story. Cause my, you know, what my dad said to me, this brings back memories. My dad came to me once and he said, this was his talk. I don't care what you do. I was a kid at your age. I know what it's like. I just don't want anybody knocking on my door telling me that you got their daughter pregnant. And that was it. I was like, oh. okay, I got oh, wow. it. <laughs> how do I do the pregnancy, dad? Like, how do I make yeah. that happen, dad? You know, like, you know, so, yeah. Cause you know, and, and then I, you know, I caught it. What sparked it is I caught him looking like on the phone, Googling some things found some websites and I was like, ah, crap. Like now's the time, you know? So I had to explain to him, you know, like some things, but you know, so my wife went and got him, you know, flowers, car, cause he didn't have a job at the time and like a massive, a massive bear, a massive bear and, and took it over there. And the, and the father was like, that's really nice of you. Wow. Like I'm impressed. You know, I was like, see, that's how you know you're doing a good job. That's how you know that you're standing out the way you should as a young man, being respectful, mm-hmm. saying yes, sir, yes, ma'am, and doing these things. Because the moment, I'm telling you what, man, the moment that my 12-year-old, my 5-year-old, and my 2-year-old get to dating age and this little punk pulls up in his car and honks for my daughter, I'm walking outside. 
That's gonna happen. And him and I are gonna have a, a are going are going to have a significant emotional experience in my driveway. That's awesome. Like I you will it. come to my. I told him I said you will go to the door. Will escort her from your car to her door. You will. You not just drop her off or just expect for her to walk out the house. Like you will get out of your car and you will open doors. You will do these things. This is what is what stands out as a man. He's okay. I got it. Like moment. (laughs) I was like, you are a piece of crap. The moment you devalue her as a woman and you take her womanhood away, you become a piece of crap. Yeah. And you. You're not a man. Yeah. Okay. So it was, it was, I mean, it got intense for He's like, no, that's not what I, I'm like, I don't care what you see. I don't care what your friends do. I don't care what your friends make fun of you. I don't give a shit. He's worried about his friends. <laughs> but my friends make fun of me. Which goes back to what you said earlier. You know, we're so afraid of what people think about us. And he was, he was like, my friends will make fun of me. Yeah. And it's so much, it's so much worse these days because of, we do have access to social media. It's easy for someone to pick up and text and say, Hey, look, you know, you're this or post something on the thing. So it's interesting times, man. It's, it's really interesting. And I, and I, and I firmly believe that our generation of men is really the last defense for the next generation. And so that, that that is hardcore. I truly believe that I'm a total optimist, hundred percent. But when I see trends and I see this, and again, I mentioned, I've seen this happen for two decades now, and it's, and it's just continues to go down that way. You know, there's things that we need to, be, you know, the things that we really believe in. I think that's the most important thing as men. We have inside of us these beliefs, these values. But sometimes if we don't step up and actually express them, that's when we take our manhood away and we strip it ourselves. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Uh, so, what I want to do right now, I want to go to the listeners. Listeners, if you have a question or want to comment on anything that uh, my guest, Pradeep Saga, and I have been talking about, call in 657-383-1109. Again, the number is 657-383-1109. What I want to do right now is uh, go ahead and plug your website, programs, products, services, whatever it is that you want the listeners to know and or do shamelessly plug <laughs> well awesome i think you know my first message is uh you know we live this life once and we live this form you know we, you might believe in reincarnation or karma or whatever it is but you live this life in this form once so you you need to live it to the fullest i think so many people hold back sean and i know this is a work that you do too is hold back from living to their full potential living the life that they want you need to do that. Whatever way it is, go out there and actually be the best version of yourself. That's the most important thing. Um, for fun, I have a podcast as well. It's called the Male Entrepreneur Podcast. It's a podcast for men who win. And it's uh, you can go to malepodcast.com. It's very simple. I started it, honestly, just to have a good conversation, a joke. And then we talk a lot about the things mm-hmm. that are in guys' minds but don't openly say and so uh, feel free to, to listen to that. I'd love feedback. I'd love to hear if you have a topic that you would want me to talk about um, or any type of guest, because I think that's really important is to get that feedback. And then you can just go to perdeepsanga.com for any information. I love hearing from people because it's, it's really my mission. I, it's, you know, when someone reaches out to me at a question or they need help, I will be there personally. I will answer and I will respond in a timely fashion. Love to hear your feedback. Uh, other than that, man, that's that's pretty much what I do. I help people. I have coaching programs, group coaching, individual coaching, um, have a mastermind. I'm not that's not active mm-hmm. yet, and that'll be active uh, probably around the next round next year. But this is where I really help men. And you know, if I was to sum it up in terms of what I do, is really help them gain control of their life and really unlock their potential because every Perfect. one of us has the opportunity and I'm, and I'm a firm believer of this, Sean, because I've experienced this, you know, this is another one of those moments that changed my life as a, you know, young kid in high school, there's things that came to me naturally. Then things that I learned things about neuroscience, photographic memory, things that we could do, the stuff that I teach men now to really unlock what I call your inner force and become limitless. Okay. And it's a full alignment between your thoughts, your emotions, and your life energy. And when you get to that level, and this is a challenge, right? Most of us are living life to a degree where we're not aligned in all three of those components. Because as human beings, that's how we live life. We think, we feel, 
and we have life mm-hmm. energy. Those are the three ways we experience life. And when we align those three components, man, we become unstoppable. You become unstoppable. But we have yeah. so much crap, crap that happens in our life that throws us off, whether it's our mind, or it's our emotions, or our life energy. Most people aren't even taught how to harness them in the first place, you know, let alone to right. keep them aligned. But once you have them aligned, that's why I joke around, you know, the, the, the whole premise of Star Wars or the Karate Kid, you know, everything, yeah. you know, was all about their inner force, that power that each person, each mm-hmm. man and woman has inside of them. And unlocking that can not only change your life in terms of achieving that goal that you want in life, but also just being more fulfilled. Ultimately, oh, that's what it's about. And so I don't care you know, if it's about money, like if it's a, about whatever it is. It's about living a fulfilled life where you have more joy, you have more peace, and you have more love in your life. Those are the three emotions that I want people to feel on a regular basis because that's what life should be about. That's pretty much yeah, it, I love it. And I love that you mentioned, like, the forest within them and Star Wars, like, I super nerded it out for a second. That was pretty cool. <laughs> awesome. What I, what I want to do is uh, I want to take a call, and I want to invite Tony on the show. Tony, are you with us? Yes, thank you for taking my call. Awesome. Tony, where are you calling in from? Uh, San Antonio. San Antonio. Awesome. Uh, Tony, I got about uh, 30 seconds. What is your question? Well, one of the things is I have a, a num- a two businesses, one a nonprofit, one a regular company, but I sometimes wonder what job I, – I feel like I stretch myself out so thin that it's it really seems that as if I'm uh, dropping the ball on one or the other off, you know, one of the other businesses. And I was really hoping when should I, should I really start focusing on just one individual business or should I focus on multiple business? I mean, should I drop one of the companies? I just really have a hard time getting. Uh, are, you, are you there? Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, you are not 100% sure which one we should start. I should use. I mean, I'm, you know, it's a really good business, and I really. Is there anyone there? Can you hear me? Yeah. Can you turn uh, down? Turn down the background. Hello. Can you hear me? Hello. It's really hard. It's really hard yeah. to hear. Hello. Hey. Yeah, I, I, I muted him. Hey, Tony, if you could turn down the background noise. Um. So basically, what Tony does a does a. He, it's basically the radio yeah. is playing in the background and it's kind of radiating. Basically yeah, what Tony's asking is, and what I got was he has a nonprofit and Tony has a business. He's dropping a couple balls. He feels like he's, you know, stretching himself too thin. Um, what's your advice to Tony? You know, does, he doesn't want to drop one or the other or both, but, but really Tony wants to know where his priorities should lie. Yeah. And I think the first thing is to ask yourself, Tony, what is going to fulfill you in life in terms of, what is going to create those emotions that you want to feel on a daily basis? Because that is the most important thing. That's the business that you should follow. Now, from a business standpoint, you know, businesses are like kids and it requires a lot of energy, a lot of time, a lot of headaches to grow them and to nurture them. So you have to be very cognizant in terms of your, the energy that you give to each business, because each one will require a lot. You cannot do it all. Here's the recommendation that I would say is, if you find a business partner or a manager or a CEO or a leader or executive type, whatever it is, to take some of that weight off your shoulders. If you can find someone trustworthy from that standpoint, that is your first bet. So always try to partner up or you could potentially sell it. You could do whatever. But, you know, you said it yourself. You know, this is you're feeling the pain. You're feeling the challenge. You're feeling like you're not living on both sides of the businesses. It seems or sounds like it's suffering. That's a sign for you. You need to do something. You need to do something different because if you yep. don't do different, something different, you're going to drive both of them into the ground eventually. I've seen it happen over and over again. Yep. So find a partner. Do whatever you can to, if you can to keep them both going. If not, I would say pick one and roll with it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for calling in, Tony. Um, yeah. Get, get a hold of uh, Pradeep on social media. I know he said he tried to get a hold of you before. Um, you know, send him an email. Um, you know, that stuff. Awesome. Hey, man, thanks for coming on the show. This has been absolutely phenomenal. Uh, more than I could ever hope for. Thank you so much for being an amazing guest. You are an absolute rock star, my friend. 
Hey, Sean, man, thank you. I totally appreciate the opportunity here. And honestly, this has been such a, uh, a cool conversation. I love it. So thank you so much. <laughs> awesome. And with that, we end the show by saying live your brand. Find opportunities every day to live out your core values. See you next time.